0: Matthew chapter 11, verse 25, some verses we've been looking at together for the last couple of weeks, several weeks, as we've talked about entering the rest of God, receiving the rest, the gift of God's rest. And this is something Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, beginning in verse 25, it says, At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you've hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal Him. In verse 28, you see who Jesus wills to reveal the Father to. That's why he said, come to me all, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. Rest. I'll give you rest. He said, take my yoke upon you. Learn from me for I'm gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is revealing the father to us through this invitation. Come to me, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I'll give you rest. Man, that's a, that's a big difference between that and what people think of when they think religion, when they think God and many people, when they think Christianity, they think it's a heavier load. They think it's a bigger burden to carry. But what did Jesus say? Come to me if you got a heavy load. Come to me if you're carrying a big burden and I'll add to it. No, What what will he do? I'll give you rest. I like to call this the grace exchange. The grace exchange. And it's the exchange that you and I are supposed to be living life in and in the middle of with him all the time. Every day of our lives, It's supposed to be right here in this grace exchange. What is a grace exchange? Well, just between me and you, it's a bad trade. (laughs) Not for us. For us, it works out awesome. But on his end, what's he saying? I'll make a trade. You come give me every weight, every burden, every care, every heavy load that has been impossible to carry, that's been wearing you down, that's been beating you up. You give me all that, and I'll give you rest. And we look at each other and go, okay, if you say so. I mean, doesn't sound like a fair trade, but if he's good with it, you should be good with it. That's the grace exchange. You give me your care, he said. I tell you what, he said, you lay it all down and I'll give you righteousness. You lay aside all that self-righteousness, which is nothing like filthy rags, he said, and I'll give you my righteousness. It's like a beautiful white robe to clothe you in. That doesn't sound like a good trade. It's a grace trade. It's a grace exchange. All of that grace for all of your faith. It's living in that exchange. And this is what he's talking about. And really it's what he's introducing to us. Come to me, he said, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Now we've talked some about this, but I want to remind you about what some of these words mean. What it means to labor. And you tell me if life has ever looked like this. To labor is to grow weary, to grow tired or exhausted with toil or burdens or grief to labor with a wearisome effort, not just to work, but to work in a way that just wears you out and you get to the end of it and there's nothing to show for it. That's called toil. And this is what he's talking about. But right on the other hand, he offers us rest, which literally means to cause someone or to permit them to cease, to stop from any movement or labor in order to recover and collect his strength. I like this word to refresh. To refresh. Another tr- another definition is to keep quiet. Have you ever just enjoyed some quiet? Oh man, quiet's one of my favorite things. Anybody else in here with me? You just love some quiet. Well, this is what Jesus is offering. This rest. He's allowing, permitting, causing us to cease from all our movement, from all our labor, so that, listen, we can recover. So we can recover our strength, so that we can refresh. We can be fresh again. Read this verse, but let's read it and put those words in there so we understand what he's saying. Come to me, all you who labor. Come to me, all you who have grown weary. Come to me, all you who are exhausted. Come to me, anybody who's been carrying burdens, who's been toiling, anybody who's got grief, anybody who's been worn out with their effort. Come to me, he said, and I'll give you rest, or I'll cause you, I'll permit you to stop. I'll allow you to stop. There are many people that aren't, that won't stop because they think they're not allowed to. Just going, 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 going. Maybe we'll talk about this in the weeks to come, but Jesus mentioned it in Matthew chapter six when he was talking about the lilies of the field. You remember this? Look at the lilies, he said. He said, look at the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil, there's that word, or spin. Is that interesting to anybody else that Jesus said, look how they grow. And then he told you what they don't do. What they don't do is the key to their growth. Now, I don't think that book would sell very well. (laughs) Some book that tells you all about growing, growing your business, growing your personal portfolio, growing your financial status and state. And it's all about what you don't do. People aren't looking for what not to do. They want to do something tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. Give me the six keys to that. And the 12 steps to this. Tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. And the flesh doesn't like this stopping. It's not good at it. But Jesus said, look at the lilies. Look how they grow. They don't toil and they don't spin. Man, that's a great word that I think describes a lot of life for a lot of people spinning. They wake up in the morning and as soon as their feet hit the ground, what is it? Spinning, spinning, spinning. Over here doing this, over here doing that. And it just seems like a whirlwind throughout the day. As soon as they're up, those eyes pop open. It's get the kids up, get the kids ready, get the food on the table, get the kids out the door, get yourself ready, get yourself to work, work all day, work all day, work all day, work all day, Take a 15 minute lunch break, work all day, work all day, work all day, spinning all the way to the car, spinning all the way home, get out and you get home. And what are you? Refreshed? Uh uh. Exhausted? From what? Spinning. Spinning. But would you be surprised to find out that the spinning is not helping you grow? The spinning is actually maybe what's keeping you from growing in any area spirit, soul, body, materially, financially. Look at the lilies. They grow, but it's not by toil and it's not by all this spinning around in circles. He said, so come to me. I'll, I'll let you stop. I'll give you permission to rest. I'll let you recover and collect your strength. I I will refresh you. And that's why you see this in, in, the amplified version of that. Put that on the screen for us. Matthew 11:28 28 and 29 in the amplified classic Bible. Look at this with me. Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened. See, that's what religion had done to people. It had overburdened them. And what did he say? I'll cause you to rest. Now look at these words. I will ease and relieve and refresh your soul. Say those with me. I will ease and relieve and refresh. Same again, ease, relieve and refresh. That's what this offer and this invitation to rest, that's what it really is. It's an offer to ease. It's an offer to relieve and it's an offer to refresh. Thank you, Lord. Anybody in this church willing to take him up on this offer? Well, the book of Hebrews says, and we've looked at it, that there remains a rest for the people of God. And he says, let us us fear lest we fall short of it. In other words, there are people of God that are not entering into his rest. I don't want to be one of those people. I want to be a people of God that do, that does enter in to His rest. And we've looked at that verse and we find out the only thing that that can really keep you out of that rest is unbelief. It's, It's belief, it's believing that causes you to enter into the rest. It's unbelief that causes you to live on the outside of it. It's not taking God at His word. It's not trusting Him. That's the only thing that can keep you out of rest and keep you spinning. Why would you be spinning? because evidently you think you are the source. You think you are the supply. You think you are your own God. That's why you would spin and spin and spin and spin and spin. But faith is a rest. Faith is confidence. Like we've said before, every one of you right now are demonstrating exactly what I'm talking about. You came in and when, when I said you may take your seat, what'd you do? You didn't sweat about it. You didn't worry over it. You didn't say, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. When was this chair made? uh, Has the quality guarantee expired? Can I see the report on this chair, please? But you sat down, you rested. Faith does that. Faith is a rest. Well, I thought faith was a fight. It is. It's the fight to enter into the rest. And it's the fight to remain at rest, but it's a rest. Faith is a rest. Again, look at this out of the amplified. Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, overburdened. I'll cause you to rest. I will ease, same with me, ease, relieve and refresh your soul. He said, take my yoke upon you Learn from me. I'm gentle, meek, humble, lowly in heart. You will find rest. What is is rest? Relief, ease, refreshment, and recreation, and blessed quiet. Oh, the blessed quiet. You'll find this for your soul. I want to focus in on one of these words this morning, although it's connected to all of them. He said he would ease, relieve, and what? Refresh. Is there anybody in this room in need of a refreshing this morning? How can you tell if you need a refreshing? Well, let me see all the hands of the human beings who currently inhabit planet earth. Can I see those hands? Yes. I see that. Leave those hands up. Leave those hands up. Look around you. If a hand is up, they're in need of a refreshing. If a hand is not up, let us know (laughs) because we've got visitors among us. If you got human blood coursing through your veins, if you are alive now in this time, 2022, living in this current climate in this culture, I guarantee you need a refreshing. You need a refreshing. We all need a refreshing. You gotta have it. Why don't you say it? I need a refreshing. Do you know, it's not just a matter of needing it. There's something on the inside of us that craves it. There's something on the inside of us that loves things fresh. And I mean, I'm talking about everything from the foods you eat to your relationships with people. Most importantly, your relationship with God. You crave a freshness, right? You pick fresh over old every time. You pick fresh. I mean, think about the foods you eat. If somebody offered you this cool, crisp apple, freshly picked, or this one we found that we bought six weeks ago and it was in the corner of a cupboard and it's just brown and flies circling it and all mushy and nasty. What do you pick? Fresh. Don't sit there and look at me like that. You pick fresh. I'm not trying to trick you. You want fresh. I want it. We pick it. We crave it. We desire fresh. I I like to give this test. Any coffee drinkers in here? Yeah? What do you prefer? Fresh or day old? Huh? No, you want that stuff fresh. You want it with all the punch that it's got. You want fresh. Sarah and I found a restaurant one time years ago on vacation. And a beautiful place, gorgeous. It's it's on an island and it looks out over the ocean. And uh, they serve, of course, a lot of seafood but we'd never been before. And they a lot of times a waiter or server will come and say, have you ever dined with us? No. Well, let me tell you about our restaurant. They started telling us about it. And this restaurant actually either owns or is in cooperation or something with a farm locally on that island. And much of what they serve, they aim to get, now this would be their produce, to get from the farm to your table in less than four hours. Now I don't mean that's how long you wait for your food. I'm talking (laughs) that that's how fresh what they're serving you is. Now I have been some places where it seems like you wait four hours. That's not what this is. They serve a lot of seafood, and they like to tell you, yes, we caught this today, right there. Somebody say fresh. fresh. And you can tell the difference, right? Well, that's food. What about friendships? What about relationships? What about our marriages? We have something in us that craves freshness. We don't like when relationship gets old and stale and dry any more than we like when dinner is old and stale and dry. We don't like when our friendships have become lifeless and unproductive. We don't like that. And worse than that, we don't like when our friendship and fellowship with God is anything other than fresh and it's old and it's stale and it's habitual and it's going through the motions. But here's what we gotta recognize. If that's how you're feeling about your friendship with God, don't assume he's enjoying hanging out with you either. (laughs) He ain't loving it. Where do you think you got the desire for freshness? Huh? Where do you think that craving for something fresh and alive Came from. It comes from Him. It is a God born desire in every one of us. And we desire a freshness. Now, where people make a mistake, especially in friendships, relationships, or in marriages, worst of all, I'd say, when something's not as fresh as it used to be, they think it's time to find something new, find something different. Why? Because this is fre- this isn't fresh. This is old. It's stale. It's dry. It's boring. So I need to go find something different. That's not what you need to be looking for. You need to find a refreshing, and that's the miracle that Jesus is talking about here: that something that used to be fresh and has gotten dry can be made fresh again. Am I telling you to get fresh with your spouse? Absolutely, I am. Yes. Keeping it alive, right? There is a miracle of refreshing that's available to us. But we gotta know where to look. I said, we gotta know where to look for it. And this is the the problem the world has. They look everywhere but the actual place it's found. And where do we look? Well, the revelation of the invitation comes in these words from Jesus. Come to me. Come to me. Now, when he said that, he was standing somewhere in the flesh on earth and inviting people into his presence. And if you at that time were going to receive something from Jesus, that's where you had to be. If he was in Capernaum, guess where you had to be if you're going to get something from him. Capernaum. If he was in Galilee preaching, teaching, healing, and you were going to get preached to, taught, and healed, you had to go to Galilee. You had to be where he was. If he was out on that boat, you needed to be standing on that shore. Come to me was this invitation into his physical presence. But how are we to read it? Because we don't have him physically standing here. Does this scripture not apply to us now? Or or is this still an invitation into his presence? It's still the same thing. And actually we have it better. I know that's hard to understand. His disciples struggled with that too. He said, it's better for you if I go away. If I'm one of the 12 standing there going, wrong. (laughs) You've been right about a lot, but you're wrong about this. It's not better for me if you're gone. And yet that's what he said. It's better for you if I'm not physically here. Because if I'm not physically here, I'll give you the comforter the Holy Spirit who's in you to bring you into my presence. That's still where the rest and the ease and the relieving and the refreshing is found. It's in his presence. Come to me, he said. Come here. That's how we say, hey, come here. Come on over. You pick up the phone and you call somebody who's not in your presence and you say, hey, can you come here? Can you come over? Yeah, I'll be right there. What have you done? You have invited them into your presence. That's what this is from Jesus. An invitation into his presence. Now bring this up because we talked about it last week. You remember, you remember when God had brought the children of Israel out of Egypt... And he talked to them about a promised land and it was a land that flowed with milk and honey. And he told them later on, there'd be houses there filled with all good things that they didn't fill. There'd be large and beautiful cities that they didn't build. There'd be wells that they didn't dig out. There'd be vineyards that were already producing. Sounds like rest, right? Sounds like rest. You've moving into a place that's already done, already built. You don't got to do a thing. That's rest. And that's why he called it in Hebrews four, my rest. And in the book of Psalms, my rest, this place is my rest for you. And he wants to bring these people into it, but they were so stubborn. They were so hard hearted. They were so disobedient, but we can't judge them, can we? We have been the exact same way. And it was their unbelief that kept them out of that rest. And God got so fed up with it. They finally told Moses, look, y'all go, I'll give you an angel. I'll get everybody out of there. You can have the houses, you can have the cities, you can have the wells and the vineyards, but I'm not going. But what did Moses say to him? He said, I thought I found grace in your sight. What is this? Allow me to paraphrase here. What's this business about you not going? And he talked to the Lord about it, and he said, please consider, where are your people? And the Lord said to him, okay, my presence will go with you, my presence, and I will give you rest. See, they could have had all the stuff, but without his presence in it, there would have been no rest. And that's why Moses looked back at God and said, good, because if you're not going, don't bother bringing us out of here. Remember what we said last week? What was it? If he ain't going... We ain't going. That's the decision that you and I have to make too. If God's not in it, I don't want any part of it. That's not prosperity. I don't care how big the house is. Huh? I don't care what kind of vineyards are producing. I don't care what kind of money and profits coming in. If God's not in it, that is not prosperity. And if he ain't in it, I ain't in it. Don't bother bringing me up from here. If you're not in that, if you're not going with me out of this place. What Moses made the connection was his presence and maybe the Lord helped him see it without his presence. There is no rest. You can have stuff, but if he's not in it, there's no rest. It'll be nothing but work and toil and more spinning. His presence is where the rest is found. And that's why Jesus is saying, come to me. It's an invitation into his presence.